I think a lot more people have been thrown in to living as adults at their parents' home than ever expected to. Welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. I live in New York. And I'm Vicki, the mom. I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts, doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hi, mom. Hello, Ingrid. Let's talk about living with your mom as an adult. A young adult? Yes. Good distinction. (laughs) A young adult. Living with your mom as a young adult, which is not something I have done. But we asked around to people in our community, and we have a response back from Brittany. So we're going to learn from you today, from you, the listener, about uh, this specific experience about living as an adult, a young adult, someone my age-ish, but in your your parents' house still. So... I would like to make the distinction and say you have lived as an adult in our house at, uh, for short stints. I have? So over summer, a summer here, a summer there. I guess that's true. So the summer between college and moving to New York, you lived with us and you had a job and you got up every day and you went to your job. and That's true. E- even when you were in college and you came home. It felt less like you were coming home and more like you, well, it felt like you were visiting, but it definitely felt like we needed to have sort of a new perspective, a perspective shift on how life worked together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I hadn't really thought about, I wasn't really thinking about college as adulthood. (laughs) I'm so glad because it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it takes a little while to come to that conclusion when you are in college, but in psychology, they'd call it older adolescence. Remember when I called it older adolescence and you didn't like that? And I was entirely offended, but like, oh, I kind of agree. I don't know. Oh, I'd like to go back and say that to you. <laughs> 22. <laughs> but I would have I would have hated myself if I knew that at the time. It's all you got to let it happen. It takes some years. I'm sure I'm going to look back at myself five years from now and think I was a child. That's true, though. For the summer after college, the summer before I moved to New York, I did. That was probably the closest semblance that we had to me living at home. It just I think because I knew it was only a two or three month stint. Mm -hmm. It wasn't quite the same as like settling in. The thing about this year and a reason why I wanted to do an episode like this is because this is been after a year of quarantine and so many young adults went home to their parent. Yeah. And they thought that it was going to be a short stint, but a lot of them still are just still there. Mm-hmm. You know, like life has switched in a way that we didn't expect. And so I think a lot more people have been thrown in to living as adults at their parents' home than ever expected to. I think it's one thing to like plan to do that. And it's another thing to have just sort of like fallen into it. And now here we are a year and a half later. And that must have been really, really tricky to to juggle. Yeah. So we asked Brittany some questions, um, and uh, I'll read her responses, and we can we'll, we'll just talk about them from there. We're gonna we're gonna learn today. <laughs> the first question that we asked about being a young adult living with your parents is what kind of boundaries did you end up having? I think this is one thing where if you were planning to live with your parents long term, you might have sat down and like talked about it. But this year it was kind of sprung on a lot of people, and so boundaries maybe had to be like created last minute or after Mm -hmm. the fact or something. Mm -hmm. Here's what Brittany said about boundaries. She says, our boundaries and expectations are continuously changing. 
First of all, that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they all? They're continuously changing and evolving the longer we live together because we're constantly figuring out what are reasonable expectations and what are expectations that we need to let go of. Mm. Wow. One of my mom's sayings, she says, is if you see something that needs to be done, do it. Hello. I would like to second that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Brittany says, I help with general household chores and upkeep. I'll run errands to pick things up when my parents need something. I'll make dinner about once or twice a week. One boundary figure we figured out quickly was to always knock on closed doors. <laughs> That's that nice is one. a non-negotiable, she says. <laughs> Another boundary that took a while to figure out was how involved my parents would be in my academic and professional life. Mm. In my mind, I'm a grown woman who's lived independently in another state and country for almost seven years. So I know how to get things done, and I don't need a parental check-in every day. Mm. But in their minds, they just want to be helpful. They also typically want to be more involved than I want them to be, which means that we have to have regular conversations about what's going on with me when they start to feel anxious on my behalf. Mm. How eloquently written, first off. Yeah. And there's so much to unpack there. Wow. I feel encouraged already, and I don't even live with you. <laughs> I think, it, you know what, it's like housemate rules or roommate rules that yes. you would talk about with uh, roommates or, or housemates. Like you, you lived in an apartment. You had an actual roommate and then a housemate. I like to make the distinction because they live in yeah. a different – their yeah, bedroom yeah, yeah. is a different room. But you had to negotiate what that would look like and be explicit and verbal about it. And when you ran into problems, you had to have conversations to get assumptions out in the open and things like that. Totally. I That was the first thing I thought of, too. The rule, if you see something that needs to be done, do it, is totally a housemate rule. But that is super different from when you were growing up because – as a kid, if you see something that needs to be done, more often than not, you think, mom will do it. <laughs> and mom Until thinks, mom explicitly asks me to. Right. Why doesn't anybody else pick up the kitchen? Obviously, there's dishes in the sink. Somebody else put them there. They could put them in the dishwasher. And I, I think it's a really common phenomenon that people who are like young adults will totally have that rule within their own home, but then they come to their parents' house and like regress into old patterns because you're in your childhood home. Mm -hmm. And so where I might just do the dishes in my own house, it doesn't occur to me to, to do that in my mom's house because she's always done them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that I think that and I think that's sort of the theme of everything else here, too, is like there's just a lot of old habits to break, which is an even harder transition than if you were just like creating expectations to begin with. The boundary of knocking before you open a door is so classic to that. Yeah. We had an actual rule in our house growing up that I was not allowed to keep doors closed. Yeah, when you were little. Mm-hmm. It had to be cracked. Yeah. And you were like, you had full freedom to open the door at any time. So that's like <laughs> a big difference. Yeah, that is. I think the conversation around, especially what happens in the kitchen, because that's kind of the hub of the house where people spend the most time and the part that can get the messiest, the part that turns around every day, several times a day, is interesting. You, in your experience, don't particularly have this because I'm not a huge cook. I don't hover over you and say, here, I made <laughs> you. I made you this pasta. Eat it. You know, that kind of thing. If anything, your dad probably is more like that in our more egalitarian marriage. So yeah. you don't really have this situation where my mom is constantly feeding me when I come home and I don't want to, you know, I want to make my own food. We've kind of adapted 
especially with your youngest sister, who is not quite done with high school, but everybody sort of most meals makes their own thing and eats at their own time. And if we can come together and eat together, sometimes I would like for us to eat together more often, have like a little bit more ceremony and specialness around the meal. But I think there are other families where the mom is so happy to have their child home and they she's like, let me make all your favorite dishes. And the child's right. like, actually, I just like to eat kale now. Yeah. <laughs> I think a place where we are more like Brittany's situation comes in the the, the academic micromanagement. Mm-hmm. Now, I am not in school, but in the information sharing, I do think that even as long distance people, this is this is something that I resonate with when she says that mom typically wants to know to be more involved in my life than I want her to. And I might not want to share things. But we have to have consistent conversations about that when she starts feeling anxious about how I'm doing on my behalf. Mm. In the last three years, there haven't been a lot of situations like that because I haven't had a very interesting life. (laughs) Just there's not a lot of like very personal things to share with you. But I do resonate with that as a concept in general where we have talked about and I think we're going to have to continue to work through like how many point blank questions can you ask me Mm. or like. Is it okay if you ask me a point blank question? Is it okay if I say I don't want to answer it? Like that feels weird, and there's always a lot of room for offense there. Mm. So I I resonate with that. Right, that's difficult. Nobody likes to be interrogated. Husbands and wives don't like to be interrogated, and uh, so that is difficult. If they're in the in the past couple of years when you worked the night shift and you would call us on the way home from work, you Mm. just share your day. And husbands and wives typically just share their day a little bit and you just volunteer it. You know, someone will say, how was your day? And you volunteer a little bit. Um, You've gotten past the steely silence fine uh, that a typical high schooler will say. (laughs) So that's pleasant when there's a little bit more give and take there uh, and more than just fine. But that is also like the most benign situation. You know, like I I think that if I was going to take Brittany's perspective here, it'd be one thing for her to be like, yeah, like I had a class and oh, you know, I've got a few things to do, but I got under control. It could be easy for mom then to be like, well, what what is it? You know, like when are those things due? Mm. Similarly, the other thing that I think that's most pertinent to us might be like relationships, mm-hmm. which again has not affected me in three years. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it'd be one, you know, it's it's really easy for me to be like, this is what my day was. But if I was to be like, I went on a date, you'd probably be like, and? Mm-hmm. But what if that's all I wanted to share with? What if that was me saying, yeah, I went on a date and, I, and it felt too personal to say anything else? Mm-hmm. I can imagine and I know that I like I've experienced before that that is a place where we have to have some hard conversations because you'll be like, what were the specifics? What did you do? Where were your boundaries? What was all these things, which, again, are like, I am concerned for your safety. I'm concerned for your well-being emotionally and physically. I can resonate with Brittany in the idea of like, I know what I'm doing. I've done this now a while and <laughs> and I trust myself and I'm not really interested in sharing with the details with you. But it's awkward for me to be to, for me to say I'm not interested in sharing the details with you. Mm-hmm. I've heard some buddies use the phrase benevolent detachment. So Ooh. you're kind, but you're detached. Typically in other uh parenting psychological circles to be detached is not good you always want to be attached um 
But there's— But that's as a parent. I feel like that's different when you grow up, and that's the transition is mm-hmm. you're a parent, but, like, you, you have to transition to, like, friendship in yeah. some way. Yeah, there's a difference between— um, I don't remember the term, but where you're—I think it's enmesh, enmeshment. So you're attached but not enmeshed. So that would be like— Yeah, you're not like entangled. Pejorative term, yeah, to yeah. be when you're un- unhealthily enmeshed. Um, so to be able to ask, how was your date? And then you just say, oh, it was good. And then you stop talking and then— me be satisfied with, huh, um, okay, <laughs> I guess maybe sometime I'll hear more and have a boundary where I don't push and keep asking questions, which for me definitely has gotten easier as, as you've gotten older. So it is a difficult transition right out of high school, maybe right out of college even. And I can see falling back into old patterns as ch- children come home to live and maybe have lived for the last year. Yeah. And um, old patterns are a little bit more familiar familiar <laughs> with that. So reestablishing yeah. new pan- patterns and boundaries, that's super healthy. I love that she says at the end, we have to have pretty regular conversations mm. about what's going on. Yeah. Because um, I that seems to be the key. It's annoying because those conversations are often awkward. Mm-hmm. And so it's sad that you have to have them multiple times. But that is what's true of relationship. I mean, that's true if you have a housemate, you know, so it is. I just- love being able to frame it and say, time for an awkward conversation. What is Brene Brown? Be brave, awkward, and kind or something like that at yeah, the end of something her like that. <laughs> show. Yeah. I love she just throws it in there. I, I love those framing statements like, can we circle back to this? This is raising a, a question in my mind. And also, um, can we have an awkward conversation? It might be a mad subject, but it's been way weighing on me. Oh, we love the term mad subject. Just to define it, a mad subject is a subject that automatically sort of brings up more emotion than you might expect it to. So money is often a mad subject because people think that they can have a easy conversation about it and then they find themselves like just being more emotional faster than they think they will because it like makes people insecure. And that's okay. It's just Mm kind of nice to name it as a mad subject so that when the other person starts to feel like overly animated, you don't take it personally. Mm -hmm. Well, this is like a perfect transition into Brittany's answer to Our second question, which was, what would be your advice for someone else walking into living with their parent? If we knew that there was going to be a pandemic and you were going to live with your mom for (laughs) 18 months, what? how could you have prepared? (laughs) And Brittany says, set aside time to sit down and have conversations about boundaries and expectations within the first month of living together. Mm. Once you've established some general guidelines, it's a lot easier to exa- adapt your expectations to reali- to the reality of living together. And I really like the idea, because so, parents maybe haven't lived with people outside their family for a long time. But you, you, as a former college student, you know, you could say, hey, these are some of the topics that we uh, addressed or faced when we first lived together in an apartment with my apartment mates and whatnot. So, I want to talk about that now. That's a great point, actually, because every couple goes through couples counseling at least once in their life or should (laughs) at least once in their life. And I feel like that's often after the first year of marriage or before the first year of marriage, because that's like the ultimate, like, you know, living together meshing. Mm -hmm. And it is always like that. My assumption is that that's always difficult, that there's always things that come up where you're like, oh, I didn't know that we had to like talk about how we live that way. Yeah, on 
covered expectations, like right, when you're un- right. unaware of expectations. But if my parents have lived together for 20 years already, like it's been a while since you've had to work through how you start to live with someone. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to, for me, I went and visited my parents over spring break. That was the first time in over 16 months that I saw them and living in their house. And it's cute to see them <laughs> live together, you know, and they've lived on their own now as without kids in the house for years and years and they have so many habits and routines and like it's very much like clockwork (laughs) for them yeah like their body clock is like 11 15 time for lunch oh my gosh grandparents (laughs) but there's so many routine things they do in their day but they look out for each other they give space for each other they you know have established they do if there's something that needs to be done they each pick it up not one of them expects the other to do it so much that kind of thing so they have their roles and routines established well and that's something i hadn't really thought about i think that there is like part of the transition to adulthood is the like shift in power where there's obviously a lot of power with parents when you're young because they're the authority figure and Mm -hmm. so I kind of like the idea that you have some power as the young person to walk back in your house and say I actually have more recent knowledge or experience in the realm of creating uh, roommate habits Mm -hmm. and so like let me bring that way you have something to bring to the table Mm -hmm. A, a sort of bonus advice Brittany says is sort of similar. She says, don't be afraid to talk about your feelings with one another. If something is bothering you or if you've noticed that your parents are acting hurt or upset, ask if you can talk about what's going on. It might be awkward or tense, but it can be pretty cathartic too. Mm, I like that word cathartic. Me too. Yeah. There's some some level of, of sort of like reflective listening, even just to say, I noticed that you seem put off. You want to talk about it? You know? Mm. Well, I suppose that could be a that could be a red flag. I mean, that could be difficult. Talking about your own feelings probably would be easier than you pointing out my feelings. As but as, well, as long as you, true, d- but... depending on the approach you had to them, saying something a little bit more general, like saying you seem a little off. Is there anything bothering you right now, or how are you feeling? Yeah, uh, it's always great. It's always best, and I'm just getting better at it myself, especially living so closely, having people all around in the past year (laughs) constantly. (laughs) Um, I'm getting better at saying how I feel, you know, or or saying what the cause of what I'm feeling is, you know, like, oh, I'm kind of crabby today because I'm hungry or I have a headache. Hopefully that's the kind of thing that ideally parents do with their kids when they're little. (laughs) Early on how they feel. Totally. But it's not it's not something I grew up with. So it's something that takes practice and it's a something to grow into and become aware of. I think of um, autonomy and agency instead Mm. of authority figure. And hopefully kids are learning how, how to have agency and autonomy from a young age. And the parents might be authoritative, but are not authoritarian where they're like the boss. You don't have a voice in this. So hopefully, but if if there if that's been a growth curve as as parents and the adult kids are coming back and that has to be a conversation, then that's really healthy. Right. The other part of expectations mm-hmm. is that they don't all have to be negative things. It doesn't, doesn't have to be, these are all the things you can't. Mm-hmm. The other half of that is creating habits that you enjoy together. 
And so we asked Brittany, what are your favorite things to do together? <laughs> like, mm. where are the positive sides of, of living together the last however many, you know, months? She says, my favorite is our nightly routine. Uh. We eat dinner together, cleaning up together, settling in to watch a few episodes of television. We eat dessert. Mm -hmm. And that was it. It's just the nightly routine. And of course, routines get jumbled and, it, you know, nightly doesn't have to be a rule. But I think that that is really wonderfully accurate. Mm -hmm. The just like, well, I, it makes me think about like when you're dating someone and you're like, I want to be really like uh, lavish with like, oh, this is how much I care about you. And there are times for that in our relationships with our parents, too. Um, but if you're going to live every day with them, like you can't be expected to do the things that you would do if I came home for two weeks. You know, you're like dad can't make waffles every morning, you know. <laughs> so it, I, I, I love that, that the, the really the favorite thing is is creating those new habits of of comfortability, of mm -hmm congenial dinner and cleaning up together. Yeah. And ha having the parents, mom and dad say that out loud to say, hey, I really like this. I, you know, I don't know if I Ooh. have said that out loud to you when you're here when you come to visit or the summer that you lived with us before moving to New York. I definitely it's such a pleasure to have you, <clears throat> you um, ha hop into the kitchen around when we get together for dinner, if it's six o'clock or something. The, the thing I guess with us is we don't have as much of an established routine. In fact, um, there's been times when people have asked for more. Could we have could we have a schedule? <laughs> yeah. At the moment, we don't really have a schedule. But it's lovely when you pop into the kitchen and and are I'm here. What can I do to help contribute yeah. to dinner? That is so yeah. Some lovely. level of just like being present, mm -hmm. which I do think goes back to. Like the agency that you have as an adult, there's when you're moving back in with your parents, like there is a level of your parents needing to remember that you're an adult now. But there's also an opportunity for you to step up to the plate and say and just like show them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an adult now. It's yes, huge. I, I do make dinner. I guess, you know, you just I can't do it. emphasize that enough because I do feel like adult kids fall back into, especially with regard to meals. Well, my mm -hmm. mom, somebody will provide food. They'll be on the table that I can come eat. But if you were in an apartment by yourself, you you know what it's like. If you don't make the food, it's not there. You don't eat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your sister knows what that's like. There's nobody else's leftovers to go rummage around for. So uh, I love that if the kids can have that mindset to say, hey, we're going to participate in this together and it's a social time and maybe we listen to music. Maybe we listen to something else. Maybe we just visit while we're making the food and it's a really pleasurable time. Well, thank you so much to Brittany for these responses. They were so thoughtful and honest and eloquent. And I, I mean, I feel really encouraged and I have a lot of food for thought, even as a person living long distance from mom. And I know this was from the daughter's perspective, but I think it was helpful for mom's listening as well. Mm -hmm. Both of you. Yeah. So, so what a year the pandemic has thrown us, a lot of us into. And um, it's really nice to think about specifically what it's like to live in the same household as your mom when you're both adults. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm excited to continue to listen and learn from more people the more that we do things like this. Send us your stories. Yeah, please, please do. We'd love to learn from them. All right. Have a good week, Ingrid. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. 
You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.